Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home, they never go home, they never go home, those, those, those boys. The second captain's world service. That's... Yeah. They have asked for that, really. Well, you can laugh. I'm to walk up. I'm a little bit of an idealist. But having said that, I want to be like me. Manchester City lost for the first time in the league this season. Man United lost for the fourth time for their worst start in the league in nearly four decades. Brighton lost 6-1 and Luton Town won their first ever Premier League game. All things that happened this weekend that didn't involve a vast continents-wide conspiracy which presents an existential threat to the future of the game. Hello and welcome to today's Second Happens Football podcast. Hello there, Ken. Hello, Kieran. How are you? Well, Spurs beat nine-man Liverpool Mm. 2-1 on Saturday evening in a game that was, well, beset with very mistakes and loud claims of anti-Liverpool bias. And it's a story that has spiralled in all manner of daft directions in the 40 or so hours since the final whistle. Can you remember a more contentious game in the history of the Premier League again? Oh, God. Well, probably there have been a few contentious games. <sighs> but Bloody hell, though, Ken. I do think it was a real um, kind of... It was quite a significant moment. And I think it's going to... I don't think it's going to be forgotten about quickly. Mm. Um, you know, we have um, we have a situation where, you know, Liverpool's statement is... Is saying where's you know is is suggesting um, its uh, sporting integrity has been undermined. I mean, it's quite strong language in this type of a statement. I mean, you know, yeah, um, sporting integrity is um, you know kind of what uh, a presumption of sporting integrity is something that is quite important if you're going to continue to take part in that sport. Yeah, they don't use the word cheat here, but when sporting integrity doesn't happen, what's the opposite of sporting integrity? You know, cheating. Like uh, you can't you can't call a referee a cheat. He'll send you off. Uh, yes, but this is kind of as close as there you know you would get in a statement like this. So yeah, it is a um, it's quite a big deal. I've been thinking and talking about it a lot, <laughs> and uh, we're going to talk about it a lot. Yes, we'll have uh, Dion Fanning and Miguel Delaney on in just a few minutes. And if you want to hear our Champions League coverage all week, then uh, all you'll have to do is sign up to the Second Happens World Service, secondhappens.com forward slash join. 
it's just €5 Euro a month plus VAT depending on where you are in the world there's also the small matter of Ireland, Scotland in the Rugby World Cup and plenty more besides so give it some thought at least that's all we can ask for now Ken let's report on some sport and by sport I mean obviously VAR well let's leave the VAR for now <laughs> Ken I think we're going to talk plenty about VAR we'll see we'll see if the VAR organically infects the thing to talk about the, yeah yeah you know, it's uh, we'll see if that happens because you know referees' mistakes are have always been a thing. You know, it doesn't mean anyone should talk about them. But you know, yes. something about this just seems as though it sort of thrusts itself forward a little bit more. What I, a, re- I read your column today, and I know how it's been thrusting, uh, uh, thrusting into my brain. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm. Uh, it's it's terrible what's happened to me. <laughs> I mean, I I, I thank thought, you for sharing. I should say on behalf of the country. Well, look. Year this thing, you know, people always used to. It had reached such a frenzy. All of the ref baiting and ref yeah. talk that something had to be done. We had to do something yeah. to change this. And I thought, well, okay, did it, you know? I don't know. It's it's hard to measure, you know, levels of ref talk. But I can look at what my, my own output over the years, yeah, and see what's gone on there, ref talk wise, yeah. And uh, turns out, I never used to talk about refs. It. I mean, I actually started looking through. Yeah. See, we don't have a frame of reference here in the podcast. I suppose oh, maybe we do. Maybe there is a chance that we can just listen back to every single well, podcast we've ever done. But I mean, yeah, maybe you could get AI to scan it and then, you know, and, and I'm sure the pattern would be similar where there's a sudden explosion of ref talk. Mm. Uh, but what I found was having basically not written about ref talk at all for four years, not at all, then eventually talked about refs. Main, you know, as the main thing, not like re- mentioning a refereeing decision or something. Because, I mean, I, I remember being at games like, say, the Italy-Uruguay when Suarez bit yeah. Chiellini. Yeah. Which was obviously a massive ref oversight. Yeah. But what I wrote about that was just entirely about Suarez and, like, what the hell yeah. are you thinking? Because, like, the referee didn't see it. It was like a little thing, you know? And it was only when the, I remember the, the pictures of Chiellini kind of pulling <laughs> down his shirt. Yeah. And like, oh, look. And you could see the teeth marks. Yeah. But, like... It wasn't like, oh, how how could the referee miss this? The game has been called into yeah. distribute, distribute. You know, we he should have been sent off. Italy should have. I mean, Italy got someone knocked out. Someone bit someone on the back, behind the back of the referee. I mean, we're not, we're not going to get too upset about it. Like, Italy did get knocked the, out like, of the World the Cup that yeah, day, yeah. I think. You know, they, yeah. they went out of the World Cup. And maybe, you know, if Suarez had been red guarded, as he should have been, if the refs hadn't, hadn't made such a... But that was not the focus of it. It was just like, wow, he's done it again. This is the third time. <laughs> this is crazy. Man. This is uh, really crazy. Did you write it or did you just say it on the podcast? I do remember you. I think you just said it on the podcast. Yet. But I do remember you thinking about how he'd face his mother-in-law. Yes, geez, sorry. You know, uh, I just bit someone again. Things uh, get pretty, uh, you know, <laughs> things sometimes get tense out there. But, you know, so, so these sorts of things have always been happening. But, like, it's only since they brought in VAR or started to talk about bringing it in, I started, mm. you know, and it's because it's just so much more, um, it's like, how can you keep getting this wrong? When you when you see it there in front of you, mm. you know it's okay to get it wrong when it you only see it in real time and maybe you didn't really see it and it's like oh yeah. and it turns out that's actually the best way to make a football decision because the fundamental problem is it's a subjective decision in any case. There was this big uh, controversy which I had forgotten but was reminded of, look trawling back through all this stuff, uh, where Harry Kane got given a penalty in the North London Derby. This was in 2019, March 2019. And it was like, I think Mustafi had pushed them or something. But the thing was, he was offside, 
when the ball was played. But the rules say if you're in an offside position but you get fouled, that's still a foul unless you were attempting to play the ball at the time, in which case the offside has been activated and it's yes. not a foul. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> which, uh, okay. And so, so the point was that this resulted in a big... Uh, oh my god I can't believe it this is a disgrace why we can't get VAR soon enough yeah but VAR would not have solved that because it still ultimately depends on whether or not you subjectively believe Harry Kane is trying to play the ball before he gets pushed and that's you know you can take the attitude well if he's not trying to play the ball if he's not interfering with play what's he doing there you know or you can say well clearly the ball is nowhere near him he's been pushed over you know Mm. so there there is no right answer yeah Uh, and all there is is, a, is an argument. And what VAR, I feel, has done is transform mistakes or oversights into scandals. And that's why we have this situation that we have now. And there's no use saying, oh, it's not the technology, it's the people. Like, it's <laughs> it's always going to be people making the yeah. decision. And actually, the best way to do it is just do it in the moment. I, I said I wasn't really going to start talking about yeah, this. Yeah, I know. I, 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 what, maybe it was my fault. I, me, a, me, I may have pushed you down the... I'm who's, who's the fastest player in the Premier League right now? Right now? Mm. There's just a nice one to just... Okay. Just a nice one to... Uh, Casemiro? <laughs> uh, no, he doesn't actually make the top five. I'll tell you who's number. I'll tell you who number two is okay. Because he might he might be a guy you'd think of. Yeah, Pedro Neto. He is fast. That mm. lad. Pedro Neto has been an, an absolute rip mm. this season, um, and scored a great goal against Man City, where he like heroically ran the length yeah. of the pitch almost and enforced an own goal. He's number two. Dominic Sobislai is number three. Wow. Dominic, another Dominic Solanke is number four. Brian Mbunu. Of oh, that would have been a good guess. Yeah, he's pretty fast. Who is it, Ken? None of these guys are as fast as Chidozi Agbeni. No. Apparently, according to the Premier League. Wow. 36.95 kilometers per hour. 36.95. The man would get uh, caught for speeding on the keys. <laughs> yeah. He, Unbelievable. He, he would, yeah. He would be uh, flagged down. Uh, but yeah, he's uh, that's... that's uh, I mean that's a nice thing, right? It's nice to. It is that. a nice thing. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm genuinely impressed and excited by this news. He's really that fast. Wow. What other exciting, nice things were happening? Aston Villa. <sighs> you know, people sometimes email or message saying, "Why do you never talk about Aston Villa?" Yeah. Well. What well, impressed me, which, Aston Villa to says which, Ketter. To which I respond, "What? What more? What more is left to be said?" Yeah. When one hears these words and one thinks. Aston Villa. Um, Villa playing Brighton. Everybody uh, obviously excited about Brighton. <coughs> Ken? Yeah? <coughs> Sorry. Just theatrically clearing my throat there when you said that everyone was talking about Brighton. Just theatrically clearing my throat, no big deal. Well, I was I did say last week that the second uh, an article is written about any team where they start talking about how they steam their vegetables at a precise temperature yeah, or whatever. It's a, it's a bad sign. I said that. It's I called it. It's a canary in the coma. I basically, it, it's a canary in a coma. It's, you know, the, uh, Babe Ruth stepping up to the plate and performatively pointing his bat in the general direction of where he's going to hit his home run. Yeah. That's basically what I did last, last Wednesday, I can't. Yeah, yeah. But I, I can sense that you were about to not mention that fact. Well, 6-1, um, what, a, what, a, what a victory. Yeah. And uh, Brighton really just got 
I mean, Villa had, had, had them beaten after 25 minutes. It was 3-0. Yeah. Now, there had been a couple of our reviews. We won't even get into those ones. Um, a couple of our... Not sufficiently dramatic enough mistakes. for us to talk about. <laughs> um, Watkins giving a great powerhouse. I mean, we were talking about Lewis Dunk, you know, how he's the best to yeah. have. I mean, Watkins absolutely destroyed him. Um, Brighton were playing um, little uh, Hinchel Wood in midfield, an 18-year-old with Billy Gilmore. So it was a little bit, mm, you know, is there enough experience there? The answer, no. Turns out you can't get away with it all the time. Uh, Evan Ferguson subbed off at half time, having barely had a kick, uh, which annoyed me a bit, actually. <laughs> come on, come on. Is we need to get him out of that come club. Come on. We need to get him out of that club. <laughs> well, he, <laughs> he, he, gets, uh, he gets Ansu Fadi on. Uh, Ansu Fadi scores almost immediately. And this, I thought, was the... Okay, this, this was the third big VAR review of the game, but I thought it was the one I found most interesting because... It highlighted, and remember, this was before, this was the early game on Saturday, so it was before the big, oh my God, thing that happened later that day. But it was, so what happened was, it was three and a half time, obviously Villa have been, you know, rampant. Rampant is the word. You know, they're, um, they've they've totally smashed Brighton's system, like they've, Brighton have collapsed. They're going to try and reorganize, come out, and maybe the second half can be different. Um, They score a goal pretty quickly, I think it was 51 minutes. Um, there follows a three-minute VAR review. And this was ostensibly, I think, to, to discover if it was offside at some point in the move. Mm. And they spent ages kind of going, oh, is Fatty offside? And he did kind of look offside. If you didn't know that John McGinn was standing behind the goal line, was standing off the pitch, yep. and therefore it was the goalkeeper who was the... The, the second, second defender. Yeah, yeah. So he's clearly onside. So this is something that they should notice. But instead, they take ages over this thing. Oh, you know, eventually <clears throat> someone must have noticed. Oh, hang on, McGinn's there. This is, you know. Mm. So they gave the goal. But in the meantime, everyone's been standing around for two and a half minutes, right? Yeah. It's like, so Brighton have come out, scored a quick goal, yeah. want to keep going, keep yeah, going, yeah. keep going. And instead, they have to stop. Any chance of like... Um, yeah. The refs helpfully did the thing that uh, Gaelic football cornerbacks are trained to do after they concede a goal in two points inside five minutes. Yeah. Go down, uh, pretend that your hamstring's a little tight, get some treatment, uh, kill the momentum of the game for three or four minutes and then yeah. reset. You used to have, you know, Lautaro Mateus, you know, sort of would, ha- would have to be using all of his wiles to try and obtain the same effect after conceding a goal. And now yeah. it's just like, oh, well, was that a goal? And eventually they're like, yeah, it is. It was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Play on. <laughs> same thing happened to Everton. Everton lost to, to Luton. Yeah. Um, they were 2 0. They scored, Luton scored two quick goals in the first. And then Calvert Lewin scored a goal um, five minutes before half time. Another, like I think it was three minutes, 20 seconds, they spend trying to find a reason to disallow Calvert-Lewin's goal, mm-hmm. which they give. But again, in the meantime, any chance of Everton kind of seizing the momentum of that moment to kind of, oh, you know, we'll yeah. get another one before half-time, it's just gone. Like, it's now a different game. So these are this was already annoying me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is already, like, why? This is not an improvement. Why do people think this is an improvement? Um, but look, again... There were other we'll games. get to the VAR. <laughs> Manchester United, you know, there was no big VAR. Well, there was actually. There was a handball. Oh, was it a handball? Not this time. Yeah. Um, uh, handball alone is reason enough to get rid of VAR. Mm. I mean, like, the, anyway. Yeah, this yeah, look yeah. what I just did. I know, but, I know, I I know, I know, but it's difficult. Stop me. Someone it's difficult not to. Here. It's difficult yeah. not to. And don't worry, we're, we're, we're going to get there. Yeah, okay. Um, I'd say it was probably one of Joachim Anderson's better goals. 
I would say so. <laughs> Meaty enough strike. Yeah. It's just Did like, he caught it lovely, to be fair to the lad? This is one of these things that just is happening to Manchester United this season. Well, I mean, Roy Hodgson. I mean, the man can't stop. Uh, he has won a few times. Over three wins and two draws in his last five visits to Old Trafford. And it's like, well, yeah, but I mean, who was he managing? Watford and Crystal Palace. That's amazing. It's like the late career flowering of one of his favourite novelists, Philip Roth. You know, just hit that sort of sweet spot, you know. just Around got it, 70. Reached it, well, I think he might have been a bit younger. I think Roth was a little younger I think than he might have been a bit younger. But, you know, it's, yeah. a, it's the same kind of phenomenon, you know, like a glorious late flourish. And who, yeah. you know, I'm using the word late. Which yeah, is who presumptious. knows? Who knows? There could, could be, be there could be a lot more of this to come. Yeah. Um, Arsenal reassuring four 0 win. My my man Eddie and Keddie again proving his worth, winning penalty. Havertz being given a penalty by his teammates. Yeah. What do you think? Can a penalty? You're a penalty guy. Can a penalty? Penaltyman. You're a pen, penaltyman. <laughs> can can a penalty? Ignite your confidence in the manner of a real goal. Well, I well I, not when it's a charity job. Well, it's go not, on, it's not, go on, get up but there. A, but why are you saying it's a charity job? It's it's like feeling. Bukayo Saka scored a penalty his, in their last game. Uh, Bukayo Saka decided to hand it over to. No, Odegaard. it was Odegaard. Odegaard. Oh, Odegaard. No, Saka, Saka scored one in the North London derby. Okay, and then Odegaard for some reason is given the one at the uh, the one uh, the first half against Bournemouth. It wasn't Kedia who was fouled for that, right? It wasn't. It, yeah, yeah, no, no. It, it, uh, Saka wasn't fouled for that. It wasn't for that reason that Saka changed. Yeah. Uh, decided to give it to Odegaard because Odegaard was then fouled for the one that he yeah. gave. And some players have that thing where if it's yeah. them that gets fouled, they they're like, oh, Bizarre. you, which is weird. Yeah. yeah, but then Odegaard decides to hand it over to someone not Saka, who's like their regular-ish penalty taker. Yeah, gives it to Kai, to Kai Havertz. There's no other explanation for it other than charity. Well, it's let's get the lad off the you, Diego Forlan, basically. You say charity is a, is a. I think that's a loaded term. I mean, I think Kai Havertz looked around and he saw the love. He felt their love of his teammates for him. Yeah. They were also like pushing him towards the away fans at the end. I was like, like okay, lads. Yeah, you but know. the fans were all delighted as well because the fans are like, come on, let's try and they're trying to also build him up. You know, come on, Kai. Well, we listen, some people feel the love, the warm embrace of their uh, teammates and supporters. Other people feel patronised and annoyed. Well, I mean, I'm just saying that Kai Havertz might be one, he might be the other. Hopefully Kai Havertz isn't one of those twisted individuals you refer to. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it, was, it was all nice. Anyway, so where do we go? Eventually, um, it was time to, for Tottenham against Liverpool at the Tottenham Stadium. Liverpool, the only side who hadn't lost there in the Premier League. Uh, well, the only current Premier League side, yep. I guess. And, uh, well, that's no that longer the case. That record is now gone. It's a clean sweep. It's a clean sweep by Tottenham, who played pretty well, I think, right up until the point when it was nine men and suddenly, <laughs> suddenly Big Ange seemed kind of clueless. What do we actually do here? It's like, how, how are we supposed to... You know what, what, what's the mm. what's the kind of scheme for for this? Like, no, who's been in this situation? Like when I think I would, the last, I would just just pass the ball very fast, and that will probably do it when you've got nine, when you've got uh, eleven on your team and nine on the other team. I was trying to think at times I'd seen like nine nine against eleven in the Premier League. I mean, the last one involving Liverpool, I think, was the one where Steve Staunton ended up in goal, right? Remember Steve Staunton? Yes. Yeah. Was that it? Sander Vesterwell got was windmilling Franny Jeffers, <laughs> and they both got sent off. And then Steven Gerrard committed a, a, a horror lunge, and he was sent off. And Staunton ended up in goal. Wow, I um, do not remember that. That's 
I think we're talking 1999. Um, and the Villa, or rather the Chelsea, keep your Chelsea, I remember the John Terry, Anton Ferdinand game. Mm. I remember I was at that game. And actually Chelsea nearly won with the nine men, like we're out playing keep your, but I think lost actually because they were already losing. Um, but in this case, it was like, well, Liverpool have just, actually I thought Liverpool made a mess of it in the end. And I know that, okay, we are eventually going to get to the refereeing. Was, it was a significant factor in the game. But I couldn't believe that they, they ended up conceding a goal in 96 minutes to effectively a counterattack. You're like, don't, you know, <laughs> the, the, I thought that, you know, obviously yeah. Joe Maddox scored the own goal. Uh, and then you can blame various people for the way the game went. But why are they pressing? Why is Endo, who's supposed to be the defensive midfielder, mm. pressing uh like this Spurs defender or keeper in their penalty area in the 95th minute when you've got <laughs> nine, nine men. men. And then you can see they get the ball past him and he's he's chugging back yeah. after Spurs players carrying the ball up the field, never gets close enough. And suddenly that's the attack that, you're thinking that that was mad, that was real. Yeah. Like the, it went to their heads, like we can win this. It's like, yeah. settle down. Let's, yeah. you know, like a one-all draw here would have been yeah. an incredible result in the circumstances. Um but it didn't happen. So I guess we, we do, as you mentioned, have Miguel and Dion in, and this far thing with the Diaz goal has turned into a huge, um, has turned into, a, you know, one of the biggest VAR disasters. Mm. Uh, the biggest one so far, I think. And we'll get into some of the yeah, reasons why that. Yeah, I think so, yeah. But we didn't really talk too much about the actual, the red cards, which are also, uh, you know, debatable and significant. Uh, just the two reds. Uh, I mean, I think the Diaz thing, also the impact of it is, is magnified a bit by the fact that all the decisions were seem to be going in the same direction. Yeah. You know what I mean? In the, in that game. The the Curtis Jones red card, um, Gary Neville incidentally said something which annoys me. Um, it spoiled the game. Yeah. That was his, his immediate reaction to seeing the red card. And actually, it didn't. I mean, the game was not spoiled. <laughs> no. I mean, it was it was spoiled from a certain perspective in that if if by spoiled you mean this game is now more difficult for Liverpool to win, yeah. then yes, that's undoubtedly true. <laughs> but if by I don't think that's what Gary Neville was trying to say. No, but I mean the game was it was incredible. Like yeah, I mean, it was a very memorable game, yeah. which you know uh, is stood out from a lot of other matches, not necessarily for good reasons, but like it was yeah. still it was pretty Proper magnetic to watch. Barclays. But um, what did you did you think it was a red card? Yeah, probably, yeah. What yeah, about I mean, the fact that, I mean, I thought I thought it was a yellow card because of the circumstances of the um, of the of what happened. I mean, he goes for the ball clearly, and then his foot rolls over the ball and hits yeah. the opponent. So it's over the top of the ball, though. It's well, been, it's, yeah, but it's, it's been outlawed for as long as <laughs> it's over. The, it's Eamon over the top Duffy's of the ball. Been alive. <laughs> yeah, it's over the top of the ball. If you if you deliberately go over the top of the ball. Yeah, you know, but he doesn't do that. You can see clearly that he goes for the ball. Their feet, their feet are at the same height, but Jones' yeah. foot rolls over, and that's how you get this impact. So for me, it's an accidental impact. Um, I can see Dale Johnson at ESPN, who often has is is well connected in the worlds of um, VAR and is kind of a VAR explainer mm. uh, for a lot of the stuff that goes on. Um, he uh, he writes about this that. Um, uh, as explained last week in the review from Malo Gusto's red card for Chelsea against Villa, remember this was another decision where where it was an upgrade. Yeah. It's the one where Reese James has been charged for. Yeah, yeah. How can you give that? 
Uh, the, when the replays show that an opponent's leg has effectively been bent by the tackle, that will be seen as evidence of excessive force. So what you're doing is you're judging it by the outcome rather than by the intention. I yeah. don't know why they use words like reckless in the in the language about fouls. If like recklessness describes the the intention rather than the result, yeah, you know what I mean. Um, but you, but it also raises the immediate question as I see people saying to him where he where he's tweeted this is. Why then don't they look at the Udogi foul on Gakpo, where he tackles him from behind, uh, lands on his ankle, bends it uh, mm. in such a way as Gakpo limps off injured. Well, he, he actually limp, gets up, limps up to the penalty area, scores the equaliser, then falls down uh, and like starts crying. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, you know, and apparently maybe out for weeks. So he's actually the only person who's come out of this with an injury. Yeah. It's like, it's also an accident but it's an injury. His legs bent, you know. So, yeah. so here, here's an example of, of inconsistency, um, which is not. Uh, anyway, the point about the Jones thing is, that I think it's a harsh red card. But it is. It's the debatable and ultimately subjective yeah. thing. And if it's a red card, okay, it's it's a red card. That's that's the way the ref saw it. That's yeah. The, well, the ref didn't see it like that, but that's the way they they decided to see it after looking at it. Yeah. Okay, it's not a scandal. Um, but you know, it's just it, yeah. it's it, then the then the offside thing happens, which is a disaster. And again, we'll talk about that, that in more detail. But then there's another one in the second half, Jada. This one, I kind of thought, well, you know, I don't the, the first yellow card. I don't think is a yellow card because yeah. it's not intentional. It's, it's like a uh, an accidental collision. Like a yellow card is like when you deliberately stop an opponent in that position. Yeah. But I can see why the referee thinks it's a yellow card because it looked like it. Yeah. You know, it, it looks like he's he's clipped him. It's just, it's only when you see in the replay, you're like, oh, he didn't really do much there. I can understand that. Yeah. Bar doesn't then intervene in yellow cards. So that's, and then the second yellow card is just, what are you doing? Yeah. How can you? Uh, you can't make that tackle no, when you're no, on no. a yellow card. But also like, the, the idea that VAR can't get involved in yellow cards, but then, you know, like the the Diego Diego Jalo was sent off in part for that first foul that everyone can see was not worthy of a yellow card. And like the idea that you have VAR but kind of don't have VAR as well. Mm. It's like it's so easy to hand him the yellow card and then over the PA two minutes later say uh, yellow card for Liverpool player Diego Jalo has been rescinded on VAR review. Yeah. You don't have to stop the game or anything. Just like announce it and say actually it shouldn't have been a yellow card. We've decided that for you, referee. That's grand. I mean, mm. if you're going to have VAR, have it. Mm. But, like, where it is at the moment is just so daft. Well, it's so bizarre. But the, like, the problem is that the logic of having it is, why don't we use the powers that we have? So the logic is always towards more yeah. and more intervention. So the delineating specific circumstances where where they do where intervene used, yeah. is designed to stop, is, is designed to be a block against that, yeah. against the sort of creeping. And, and sorry, what, what are they, what, so what are they trying to stop there? They're trying to stop the intervention the, the, of the VAR. creeping interventionism. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, we're, we're but, but you can see how daft that is as well. Yeah, but... It's it, like, well, obviously, you know, we have all the information and we can see all of the angles, but for but obviously we, we don't want to admit it ourselves, but we're obviously a pox on the game. So we want to, <laughs> we want to limit the amount of times we get involved 
and it's actually us saying it. You know, it's not even like, oh, we tried it and everyone like rebelled against it. It's like, we know we're a pox on the game. <laughs> like, we know we're an annoyance to people, how people enjoy the game. Yeah. And this is us admitting it without actually admitting it. Yeah, well, I mean, I, uh, I can see, again, as with so many things of art, it's like, a, it's well-intentioned and just doesn't really... <laughs> work and practice it, it just creates glaring yeah. contradictions and instances of yeah of we want to get we want to get things right but obviously at the same time you know you don't want us so we will we'll let there will there's a certain amount of things that we're per, we're perfectly happy to get wrong yeah. and then when it reaches the level of things we need to get involved in then we'll get those things wrong as well just to like completely melt people's brains and then we'll just throw in a few random mistakes just to keep everything yeah. sexy yeah you know, yeah, exactly. You, you know, people love surprises. Listen, mushrooms in Super Mario Kart. You know what I mean? Just <laughs> run over it and just see what happens. Um, bananas. Mushrooms, of course, give you a speed burst. You know what? You're absolutely correct. Yeah. Ken, and I'd like to apologize. But um, so what happens afterwards? Uh, Liverpool Football Club put out a statement. Well, the, the, obviously the PGMOL puts out a statement where they say significant human error has happened, you know, We'll get into what that was. But uh, the Liverpool statement, Liverpool Football Club acknowledges PGMOL's admission of their failures last night. It is clear the correct application of the laws of the game did not occur, resulting in sporting integrity being undermined. We fully accept the pressures that match officials work under, but these pressures are supposed to be alleviated, not exacerbated by the existence and implementation of VAR. Exactly. I mean, there's, there's a point. It is therefore unsatisfactory that sufficient time was not afforded to allow the correct decision to be made and that there was no subsequent intervention, that such failings have already been categorized as, quote, significant human error, unquote, is also unacceptable. Any and all outcomes should be established only by the review and with full transparency. So they seem to be saying there, oh, PGML is already trying to spin this human error, is it? Oh, what if there was more to it? You know, let's see how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is vital for the reliability of future decision making as it, making as it applies to all clubs with learnings being used to make improvements to processes in order to ensure this kind of situation cannot occur again. In the meantime, we will explore the range of options available given the clear need for escalation and resolution. Mm. Could es- clubs just like refuse to have VAR in their stadia? Um, Liverpool just should just say no. no. No, in Anfield, where all the home advantage usually accrues uh, towards referees, you know, home advantage being what it is in all 20 Premier League grounds, Liverpool are just like, no, we're pulling the plug. VAR does not, we refuse to accept VAR's uh, legal legal standing. No, um, they can't. I mean, you know, the, the whole league has to be, has to happen under the same well, conditions. You See, know. change doesn't happen with people like you can. No, no. Oh, it, but the, we can't. Uh, the, the no, uh, I don't think a club can go on a solo run. Um, a league, that's a different question. Uh, leagues can definitely do that. <laughs> um, but I don't think you can change it mid, mid-league mid with the, um, you know, it has to, you, you can't have some games happening with some conditions and others. I mean, I suppose you do in certain cup competitions. Well, you do, because if, all we're talking about is the quality of the referee. That's literally all it is. And the quality of referees goes up and down. Yeah. And VAR is, that's all VAR is. I mean, it's not like this all-seeing eye of Sauron. Like yeah. The fact of the matter is, it's just referees making mistakes. Like yeah. Sometimes a ref will make a mistake in a game with VAR. Sometimes they'll make a, game, uh, a mistake in a game without VAR. I mean, Yeah, but the mistake is. without VAR is more understandable. And so uh, I, this segment, I don't think, has gone down very well. 
uh, with, I mean, I think most people looking at it were like, well, you know, they've kind of been ridden a bit here by, by these decisions. Mm. But then as soon as they started complaining about it, it's like, oh, you know, you're whinging. And I see particularly a lot of Tottenham fans, uh, Tim Vickery, I'll cite uh, Tim Vickery, a friend, <laughs> a friend of the show, very, a very good friend. But yep. also he is a, he does, have, he, he holds the torch for Tottenham Hotspur okay. Football Club. And uh, immediately referring back to the wrong penalty in the 2019 Champions League final, uh, which was which was not actually awarded by VAR, but by the referee, mm. but was clearly a product of the culture that had that like that, that referee, that penalty rather would not be a penalty under the current rules because it's like hit his because sleeve. Yeah. Right. But at the time they were given penalties all over the place for like it was the it was the introduction of the micro handball. Yeah. You know. The, the penalty tentacles. Man United got one against PSG. Remember where it was kind of it hit the guy's elbow. Who yeah. was it, um, Kimpembe, um, and th- these, this was happening all through. So suddenly, that had become basically a penalty for the year. But the Tottenham fans obviously still angry about about this. And it's like, well, why don't we replay that replay? There seems to be this idea that it was about a re that they're looking for a replay, which. Some fans will say, I yes. can say now, a replay is not a thing. It's not a thing <laughs> that's going to happen. happen. No. no. Like, the, the, I can think of replays that have happened. The Arsenal-Sheffield United game is a famous example where Arsene Wenger offered to replay an FA Cup game against Sheffield United because Arsenal had scored a goal off a throw. Well, they threw the ball yeah. in, didn't give it back, yeah. scored. And then it was a big, how can you do that? Oh, it's a disgrace. And Wenger said, though he didn't have to, he said, Okay, let's replay the game. But the difference there is that was Arsenal doing the bad thing. It was Arsenal who had done an unsporting thing yeah. in Wenger's view. And he was like, okay, well, we should make this right by replaying the game. Similar similar case with Bielsa. Um, was it a Villa-Leeds game? Uh, it, it was a Leeds game in the championship. I remember watching it at the time. Uh, and Leeds scored a similar type of goal where, mm. oh, you should have given the ball back. Um, and they didn't. And Bielsa decreed, give them a goal. Yeah, and I, I think it was Pontus Janssen, the Leeds defender, was like, "No, we can't. What are yeah, we doing? Yeah. This is mad. I can't stand by and watch this happen." And like, kind of half-heartedly tried to prevent <laughs> them <laughs> walking it in. I think he was didn't he get sold at the end of the season? Yeah. But uh, but again, it was like, okay, we've done something wrong here. We should make amends. I've never heard of Arsene Wenger or Marcelo Bielsa agreeing to oh the referee has made an error in our favour yeah, please yeah. let us make an error in your favour you know it's just not it's I just, don't think the replay talk is going it's anywhere. nonsense no. it's total nonsense but I don't think they're asking for that either no. what are they asking for what are they saying I see Adam Crafton say you can't escalate and resolve uh, escalate and resolve a ref cock up because they're looking for escalation and resolution mm. contradictory what are they saying what do they mean escalation by this? first then resolution I'll tell you what I think they mean by this what do you think they mean by this, Emperor Claudius? Let all the poisons that lurk in the mud hatch out. Caesar? Let all the poisons that lurk in the mud hatch out. That's what they're saying. Is that's that I, Claudius, the BBC? It's I, Claudius. I haven't seen it. Is it very Have you not? No. Oh, it's good. Yeah. That's uh, good. doesn't seem like anyone's overacting either, which is, which is always well, good. Well, it's, it's sagey, you know. It's the theatre. It's Brian Blessed and all, all them. Yeah. Derek Jacobi, see the yeah. Claudius. Um, look, uh, what, what Claudius is saying there is, okay, you know, these people are moaning about how bad things are. Let's give them Nero. 
let's see how that goes. Mm. You know, soon they'll be actually thinking of me and going, man, eh, think I wasn't so bad. Uh, are Liverpool saying replace Howard Webb with Russell Brand? Let's you know, let's just blow this. Thing. I think what they're saying is there's something there's something going on here. Yeah, you know, which let's let's open up this box and see what's what's actually going Let justice on. Justice be done, though the heavens fall, can't. Yeah, it sounds like they want that to happen. Um, you know, the the heavens. Uh, I mean, because it, it is like it is a crazy situation at this point. You know, the the whole trips to UAE thing, like. Has nobody thought, has nobody sat down and thought, should we yeah. really be doing this? Like, again, let's talk about that in more detail now. But just the final thing here is all of the apologies. This is, this is an apology, not an official one, as far as I know. Howard Webb supposedly has called them up and apologized. Maybe there'll be an official mm. one. But just Sky were showing all the apologies since the start of last season. 15 altogether. Uh, who's received the apologies? Arsenal have got two. Newcastle won. West Ham won. Palace won. Brighton have got three apologies. Yeah. That was... Uh, Missed penalty against Tottenham. Uh, wrong offside against Palace when the, the Mr. Magoo VAR drew the lines wrong. Yeah. And then the one where Fabinho tried to break Evan Ferguson's uh, you ankle. You remember. Uh, Villa have received two apologies. Uh, Forest have received one. Uh, Liverpool one. Wolves one. And Everton have received one apology. That was the Rodri handball, which was a famous, mm. uh, famous incident in the... Um, yes. Uh, oh, that was twenty one, twenty two. So maybe it was from the start of twenty twenty one. Who are the beneficiaries? It's kind of an interesting angle on this. Yeah, Spurs have received. Uh, Spurs have had two apologies made on the, behalf of referees. Yeah, he gave yeah, them. yeah, That's yeah, the, yeah. The, Yes, so I'm aware of that. They benefited from instances that led to apologies. Manchester United lead this category with three apologies. <laughs> <laughs> three apologies after. Uh, well, that's fine. Given. I'm sure no one's going to jump to any conclusions there. Yeah, decisions given against. Uh, uh, their opponents. What about City? City only the only the one. Okay. Uh, City only that was. I guess that was the. That's Everton. The, that's mm. the Ever the Rodri yeah. one we just mentioned. Um, Brentford two. Uh, I've had two. One of them was a actually a similar incident. They might be getting another apology after Sunday, yes. because the the apology in Brentford Forest was a foul which wasn't a foul on Wissa, and now they've just had a foul on Wissa which wasn't a penalty. I guess that equals an apology, so they'll get, you know, both Forrest and... Like, what the fuck is this? Um, Liverpool, one apology uh, made on their path. Sorry about that. We shouldn't have given them that. I can't remember what the particular incident was. Before this weekend, I presume. No, no, they've they they will receive an apology for this weekend. That will make... That will be... That's oh, their that first. Goes, yeah, yeah, okay, sorry. It's the yeah, first yeah, one they've yeah. received. Yes. They've had one. Sorry, we, yeah. should, we, we favored them. Uh, Palace, two... Two times have benefited. Fulham once, Chelsea once, and Villa once. So, yeah, I, I don't know if the, you can see any um, patterns there. But I just want to emphasize how ridiculous this is, that there are continual apologies being handed out for mistakes pro, from guys operating a video system. Yeah. Well, this is nonsense. Like this, I don't remember this, you know, we have to apologize for all the mistakes. You don't have to apologize for mistakes before. So this, I think, has made everything worse. And uh, luckily, there's... Another few minutes of this chat coming right up. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Sorry, mate. Is there a Wi-Fi? What a boy you are. He knew why I had come. That's actually my seat. Wi-Fi workers. I don't know what you're talking about. We've actually just been told to sit anywhere. You want Wi-Fi workers? The seat numbers don't count. Hunt the hare and turn her down the rocky road and all the ways to double the McFarland. Dion Fanning is in studio and Miguel Delaney is on the line. Lads, how are we getting on? Good, Murph. How are you? I'm yeah, not too bad, thanks. I'm great. That was a reasonably dramatic weekend of football. What will die first, Dion? VAR or the very game of football itself? Because it's one or the other. <laughs> it is one. It does seem to be one or the other. And I think um, one of the failures of a lot of the commentary around this has, has been an inability to recognise how important this is in terms of the, that, that that sense of, of and, and Miguel is one of the few people, you know, Miguel talked about it, the credibility crisis it is actually that big, mm. what, what happened. It's not, it's not another refereeing mistake. It's not something like that. It is actually something much bigger and actually speaks to the entire, I feel, the entire way that the, the light touch regulation of the Premier League in terms of everything, this just failure to comprehend where modern sport is, where modern football is, legally binding assurances regarding the ownership of Newcastle, the sense of what does it look like, the perception of referees going to referee games in the UAE on a Thursday night for no reason this isn't this isn't like the, the, the parallel given with like the Champions League or the Europa League on a Thursday midweek fixture that's that's makes no sense they are they are the that's that's, that's the, like a cl- that's it's like a pyramid. club yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, a, it's like a club that qualifies for Europe yeah. a referee who's doing well gets to do those games whereas, whereas these are done like what are what are these done except as to provide you know income for the refer- for the referees and the VAR, and I, I don't I don't maybe there's another reason I'd I'd love to, I'd love to hear what it is, but I don't like that. As far as I can see, that's the only real reason for it. And if you can't grasp that this is, and nobody is saying nobody is saying there is any impropriety here, but if you cannot grasp that this actually. Caesar's well, wife, millions of people are yeah. saying there's impropriety, yeah, but, but also, I mean, this but, but, is the kind of thing that, that obviously creates the impression of it. And yeah, and, and in a situation where VAR has put puts a thumb on the scales, put gives gives power to people in a way that wasn't there pre-VAR for people not to grasp it. Like I read, like I read Henry Winter today, and it's like this is a spectacular failure to understand what's what's. Uh, 
what's at what's at stake, yeah. you know, and what what the issues are, and it's. And what, that's, what did Henry Winter say? Well, oh, was, we'll get. Don't worry, we'll, we'll get okay, to that. Okay. We, we, <laughs> anyway, we look, that's that. a very long answer, but I think I think at the moment, I think you know, unless, and I think probably it does have to go, but unless you know, VAR goes, uh, you know, you are talking about uh, um, a real damage to the game itself, which is an incredibly pompous answer. But Miguel, I want to I want to uh, discover if you shared the impression about how serious it is. But first of all, can you just bring us up to speed? With the latest on the state of the explanation, like what what currently is the explanation for what actually happened at this game on Saturday, which I think you were at the Tottenham Liverpool game. No, I was indeed had the, uh, the distinction of reading out the, uh, the initial PGML statements to the uh, cop to, uh, to to his bemusement. Um, <laughs> who does that help? As he said. <laughs> well, can I just the, sorry, um, that, that's extraordinary, and it's I don't want to jump. That's extraordinary in itself. That you know Jurgen Klopp is attending a press conference, you know, and Miguel uh, is is tasked with breaking his news to him, rather than anybody from the yeah, actual yeah. official body. Like that is an extraordinary uh, failure as well. Well, you Sorry. got the news. Uh, you got the news pretty quick. And yeah. what's what's the current state? What what are they claiming actually went what went on here? I mean, so again, we, we've all heard the descriptions about a factual error and serious human error. But uh, from the way it's been put to us from various people, it's basically that um, <laughs> they thought they were checking for a goal, but they were actually supposed to be checking for an offside call. Hence, when they said check complete, uh, the ref Hooper thought that that was um, that that was signalling that the offside call was correct. Uh, which again, I mean, that points, I suppose, to one of many issues with this, which is the ambiguity of language. Um, why not just say check complete? It's a goal. But yeah, and I, it, it's it's remarkable to be in that situation. Something so basic that isn't down to kind of subjective interpretation or just accidentally missing a line or something. And if they couldn't roll back because of some kind of what well, is certainly a ad hoc protocol. Uh, oh, the game is restarted. We can't possibly change anything. Oh, now. The, the free kick's uh, been taken from the wrong place. It should have been a kickoff from the centre. So I mean, it's just nuts. Like, but yeah, but but the other thing I don't understand about this explanation, Miguel, is. How did two of them not notice that it had been called offside? Because a goal is scored. Literally, the first thing everyone thinks is, was it onside? Right? Because that's the one thing. And every single person in the stadium, every single Spurs fan is thinking, maybe it was off. Every single Liverpool fan is thinking, hope he was on. Every single person is thinking the same thing. Within a second, the flag is up. Diaz has his head in his hands. The Spurs fans are all celebrating. How can they not notice that this is the situation? It's just I, I don't I don't understand how that could have happened. I, 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 again, it's but it's why the audio needs to come out, especially because there has been this surge of and, and obviously we've seen from Liverpool's statement last night that um they they still find the, the situation unacceptable. They're pushing for as much transparency the word they use as possible, and and I think to address this, it's the only thing that can because. So the, 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 and one of the reasons this is a credibility crisis, it's not just from this incident, although I think this is unprecedented for VAR. It's also on the back of, as Dion's referenced, you know, the multiple issues in the Premier League uh, from the the ongoing Manchester City case uh, where they insist their innocence um, or when sister, they, they, they complied with all rules. Um, the, the, the Everton case, the uh, the legally binding assurances and also this wider mistrust of VAR that people just won't accept it and never will even though you know FIFA are obviously insistent upon it, it it's not going to change so so the, or it's not it's, it's here to stay 
So for that reason, other elements around it need to change because otherwise they'll always have this core of the football support, I suppose essentially spreading conspiracy theories. And well, that doesn't mean there's any legitimacy to conspiracy theories. It does mean that this kind of poisons the atmosphere around all this and creates this issue for the game. And one of the ways you address that, for me, it seems simple, is basically just making all the audio available. Um, I don't like any time we've heard the audio. Um, it has seemed so like it's, 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 it makes it even more inexplicable that this would happen because they are babbling incessantly. Like they're, you know, if anything, they are you know, there's a giddiness and a mania whenever you hear the audio release. You kind of think this is not conducive to kind of making a sober judgment. But at the same time, it's all it's every every bit of information has been fed by you know different voices saying, okay, I've got I'm 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 I flag for offside. I'm giving an offside here. Okay, you know every bit of information is there. So mm. we're asked to believe that in this situation that somehow, like Darren England, tired from his, his night in the U.S., is kind of like watching the match like somebody sitting in their underpants with a pot noodle on a, mm. at home on a Saturday and dozes off and someone comes in and says, what's the score? You go, oh, I think it's uh, I think it's one all. <laughs> uh, you know, like that's like that level of engagement. Um, and it's extraordinary. And the other thing about it, uh, about uh, VAR, and this is a key thing, and this again speaks to that complete lack of understanding of what's at stake. When Mike Dean came out and said what he said, that was an admission of corruption. That is like that's that was an admission of corruption. He was putting his thumb on the scales because he didn't want to, uh, you know, he didn't want a friend to be in it. Now that that is a very narrow corruption. Yeah, it is not. It is not. It is not. It is not a vast conspiracy, but it is again completely, completely wrong. And well, I would, I would, I would take you up on that because. I don't know if corruption is the right way to describe that. I still see that as incompetence, like a person, you know, misinterpreting the correct way to do their do their job. Like for me, for me, corruption yeah. is is like an attempt to influence the outcomes in a certain direction. But that's what he was doing. Well, I mean, I mean, he wasn't making a decision. He wasn't making a decision in good faith on the base of the match. He was saying, "I don't, I don't, I, my friend is my mate has had enough hassle for one day. Yeah. I'm just going to let this. I'm going to let this slide." Well, he was trying. He was trying to use common sense uh, in order to to sort of, uh, but not common sense. To, not common sense to referee the game, but to protect mm. common uh, sense in the sense in which they use it, which is yeah. to mean you know covering each other's arses. He, yeah. he, he, he did show he didn't even understand the principle of VAR, which is pretty yeah, but, pretty but, alarming. No, like, I think I think most of the time, and I do think it's important. Like I do hold to the, the incompetence being the driver for for an awful lot of these issues, rather mm. than any vast vast conspiracy. Yeah. But I think in that instance, again, the failure to kind of say, right, this is a bigger issue than some guy going on a podcast and talking about this. This is this is something we need to kind of address in ways that are are really profound and significant. And again, you know, whether it's the fact that you don't have that, the, you know, the, 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 you know, they're not they're not a, a clubbable bunch of of mates. Yeah. Uh, and we talked. We were in this. Week, I was in that. We were in here this that week talking about this. And it's like that sense of you know we we've got it. We've got our own egos and reputations to protect. Which again, uh, you know, Richard Keys 
uh, and we await his, mm. his blog eagerly yeah, uh, today. Rich, Richard Keyes, uh, you know, was, had been banging on about this for a long time. That sense, you know, that some referees' egos were too big yeah. to be sent to the to, sent to the screen. Now, all that stuff. Well, he was clearly exactly right about that. I mean, Dean basically confirmed all that stuff, yeah. and that's just another example. I mean, Andros Townsend said after the game, all it's done is introduce an extra layer of human uh, error. Right, you know, you've got like more people involved who can who can make stupid mistakes, and I think this was a really clear example of, and not the not the first one. Miguel, you said earlier this is unprecedented for VAR. Why do you why do you say it's unprecedented? I mean, we've seen goals, you know, offsides done wrong before. What what's unprecedented about this? Well, I, I think they're more kind of more simple, explain errors, and they're just human oversight. This wasn't human oversight. This was first of all. Uh, like uh, I, I can't remember a, a previous example where they were checking the wrong thing, and then B, the fact that it was so easily solvable. But then there's no other way to put it. Was the insanity of the kind of protocol and how rigid it is meant that the entire rest of the game was played on, with with the knowledge that this shouldn't have stood. I I I, I, can't, I can't remember a similar example like that. It just the way it went out and. The, the fact, like the fact, they checked the wrong thing in that way is yeah. just I've, I've, I've never seen that with it. Well, as for this thing, I mean, I, I was going to first of all talk about the ways in which this could be fixed. I mean, you you were talking about Henry Winter, but it's just when you were saying FIFA insist. For, no, let's get to let's get to FIFA. Let's do this in order. So I was going to say, I was going to say actually, so someone sent me a message yesterday about how why they think it's one of the worst refereeing decisions of all time. They reached the correct conclusion. Actually, this is up the. This is Jack McBrook, actually, friend yeah. of the podcast. Yeah. They reached the correct conclusion and then communicated the opposite and failed to fix it. Imagine a referee meant to signal goal, signal free kick by mistake, and then was too embarrassed to change it. Which yeah. is essentially what it boils down to. Yeah, we, we've we've seen a lot of us sort of seen the clip of the referee seeming to hear the news. <laughs> you know, there's Simon, Simon Hooper. He's standing there and he's got this sort of crestfallen look, and he seems to be about to blow his whistle. Then he goes, "Nah." Well, <laughs> <laughs> like so, you you mentioned Henry Winter. Uh, his uh, his piece in the Times has the headline, perhaps not written by him. Pay more and recruit ex-pros. How to fix referee shambles? So the solution is pay rises all around. <laughs> pay rises all around and get and get 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 ex-pros. Get Robbie Savage in, into the VAR room. This is this is his solution. Now you you said this um, article and and it's perhaps representative of a strand of commentary. Let's not pin it all on everybody, but it annoyed you why? Because again, I don't think it it it, it just fails to grasp. What's at stake? It is, you know, there is no mention, for example, of that trip to the UAE yeah. in it, um, which at the, at its most benign, and I'm prepared to accept this, at its most benign is just an unnecessary. When 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 you have a, when you have a, somebody in in Stockley Park who actually doesn't know what they're looking for. You're you're entitled to say, well, maybe you're you're a bit exhausted from. Pl- are you overstretched? Are you, are, you bur- are you burnt out? Burnt out for doing a completely unnecessary game yeah. uh, on on uh, on Thursday night. It, yeah, uh, if, if a footballer was up all night playing computer games and then played really badly on Saturday, yeah. people would be like, well, you know, maybe you need to look at your habits. Yeah, without factoring in then just how how that can be perceived, and also failing to grasp that again, this huge thing that that has happened with VAR is that it has. Because you have so much, there is so much power vested in 
uh, in people in a, in a, in a, watching in in a, in a in Stockley Park in a video room watching a game uh, and slowing it down. And again, we see you see it with the, with the Curtis Jones with the still image that appears there, which again I would say is a classic example of incompetence. Yeah. You know, somebody just you know putting up that freeze frame. There's no doubt, right, that seeing that image primes you to think. Well, this is a red card. You yeah. Know? But but Miguel, is there some procedural thing? I mean, I, I wonder if you could confirm this. Cause I've I've seen it mentioned a couple of times that apparently when they show this, they're supposed to sort of begin with the moment of contact and then show that. Is is there some procedural reason why they did that, or did they just very busily compile like the, the most damning possible image? You know, these are the guys who were who fell asleep at the wheel seconds afterwards. But like the you know, should they be criticised for for that, or is that just simply what? in fact, happens all the time? I, I think it's down to the ref's discretion. I mean, oh, I suppose right, this okay. is just almost ha- 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 happenstance in that sense. Yeah. Um, okay. just, to, pick, to pick up on Dion's point, Dion's point about, um, about travel, it was put to me earlier that apparently um, uh, Andy Madley refereed a number of games in the A-League in January, whilst Craig Pawson and a team of officials took charge of a game in the Greek top flight in May after an aggressive boat went to the FA. Yeah. So this seems to be... Um, a, a, a regular thing they do. Moonlighting is a is a thing, but you know, should should Howard Webb uh, possibly be paying a bit more attention to this? I mean, it, I don't understand why you can't say, "Look, guys, you're Premier League referees. You're all getting paid like uh, you know, 150 grand." Up. I, so I think I think there is a bit of a uh, on the pay point, and this is where I might have a bit more sympathy uh, with Henry's argument. So, uh, well, the top referees get a lot. I think the standard, even in the Premier League, is something like. They they end up with true true basic and then match fees. It ends up about kind of 70, 75 sterling or seventy five thousand sterling a year, which is obviously a, a good wage. But in in the kind of context of hanging around with footballers the, the whole time, well, well, having to oversee people obviously on multiple. I mean, they get they get what multiples what they do a week. Seeing all those other cars um, in the car park every every time they in, turn. In, it, well, and, and, and the, the scrutiny and, and intensity of the job. Uh, well, there's, there's less scrutiny. You could go and work in the A League. There'd be barely any scrutiny. Right. Well, welcome to the <laughs> welcome to the League of Ireland. You're probably not going to get the same. You know, if you're worried about like uh, to, I'm getting too much attention, which by the way they don't seem to be worried about referees because there, there is like more of a a celebrity culture around these guys than I've ever seen before. You know, there was last week we were talking about they're, they're hawking some documentary right now. Okay, it's a production company doing it, but like let's have an all or nothing about the refs. Like these guys are known by their <laughs> are known by their surnames now. There was a there was a piece last week in the Sun saying Michael Oliver, top uh, you know top talent, could be poached by Saudi Arabia unless Howard Webb lo- loosens the purse strings. You know, top <laughs> top PG PGMOL officials could be tempted by Gulf riches unless Howard like pays everyone more. You know, I mean, give these you know pay the man. It Sorry, was, who's there was briefing re- the Sun this, about Michael Oliver's was, contract negotiation? It was referee transfer news. It was literally it was it was referee <laughs> transfer news, and this is this is where we're at. So I'm kind of thinking, okay, well if this, if it's a transfer market for refs now, maybe it's time for the Premier League to do what they do with players and start buying the best refs from around the world, and these guys can go to the A League or or Dubai or or wherever. You know, if, if they want to make money in Saudi, then do that. But, you know, it's, it, the current situation seems like they're trying to have it all ways. Well, yeah, I think there's a, there, is, there is something in that, that the refereeing remains kind of, you know, fixed in the kind of talent pool of the 1970s and 1980s, whereas, you know, the Premier League is, you know, this, this global uh, construction. And, you know, how, if you could fix that by bringing in referees from everywhere, maybe you could, because it would also, it, w- it would 
on the on the on the more on the broader point of of things like I don't want to send a mate over to the to the screen or I don't yeah. want to uh, I don't want to humiliate a mate if if you're if uh, if the guy in, in VAR is from uh, is from you know the Czech Republic or Italy or somewhere like that again that just it's just you're going to make a decision based on the merits of of the uh, of the situation but I again I think it's um, it, you know there there are a number of issues. Uh, you know, here and that is one of them. That sense of the referees believing something about you know their own their own importance and you know, and again, it, sorry, me. It, 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 just on that, it, it does seem. And again, yeah, I suppose this is where you've got to give Keezy credit. He, <laughs> he said it first um, that there may be an issue with the previous or the were kind of um, the legacy culture of referees, if you like. And I have found it interesting. We were actually discussing this after the game yesterday. No one's ever kind of done. Um, an inside refereeing piece. I mean, uh, who'd be, maybe because people wouldn't be too interested. No, people are interested in it now, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. But um, this has been something that's been that's been bubbling along for for a while and does speak, I suppose, to that, to that point about um, uh, what Ken was saying about the, the big characters. Actually, just on the uh, the footage, it is, I looked it up actually while you were talking, uh, it is to the referee's discretion, but only after the VAR selects the best angle and replay speed. So yeah. they, obviously oh. they see it from a certain point for the VAR. So he decided then... that was the best angle. So he so yeah. that, was, that was a decision. Henry Winter, he, I think he was tweeting, this is in his article, he um, he said the BBC asked me to think up five ways to fix VAR. And he said, I've come up with six already. Uh, let me just... Um, uh, now the thing about these is a lot of them seem curiously tailored to the very specific circumstances we saw on Saturday night. But anyway, play audio live in grounds, giving greater transparency to the decision-making process. I think, you know, that's that's what they do in rugby. We're always saying rugby, you know, that's 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 one thing. Well, it's not in the ground. I mean, if, if you, you, can get ref the, link, yeah, you can yeah, get, get a ref link, you can so get a ref link. It's, it's, it's not like the NFL live. where it's like That's through the, the PA, basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, improve refereeing standards by investing even more in grassroots, including training up and fast-tracking academy rejects. So, you know, we got to think of how to keep everyone... <laughs> Sorry, I've got, yeah, got a job for you. I just yeah. feel like the, the kind of, uh, the obviously noble spirit of that is undermined by the use of the term rejects. Rejects. Yeah, yeah. Academy rejects. Good news. If all the Academy rejects could go to the left. I know you want the most beloved job in the history of uh, your Howard Webb would like to speak yeah. to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, oh, but God. look, okay, education, who could be against that? Um, uh, three, introduce semi automated offside. I mean, okay, yeah, right, uh, cool. Uh, four, introduce VAR specialists. <laughs> so I suppose this is people who only do VAR. I mean, one of the things Mike Dean said in his thing was, uh, I felt like I kind of lost the feel of the game when I was just doing VAR and actually you sort of need to have an appreciation of what's happening on the field. Anyway, that, maybe that's just my team. Five, limit travel of officials in 48 hours before PL game because that's obviously caused a lot of controversy on this occasion with, well, with them being in the UAE on Thursday night. Six, change rules to allow emergency intervention in 10 second window post restart. So again, that would have, well, he would have had 10 seven, seconds. Seven, allow Luis Diaz's goal to start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that would, but, but just on number five there, Miguel, limit travel of officials in 48 hours before PL game. I know that you put out a report uh, or what, you know, but you, you had a piece, uh, I think yesterday saying, you know, fatigue may be a concern. What about the responses to that piece? Was fatigue one of the things that people were were focusing on in terms of that trip to the United Arab Emirates? 
No, in fact, people were accusing me of being part of so that the fatigue was a word I was using uh, to to uh, as a deflection from something far greater. Yeah, the the issue is obvious. Like, uh, it's it's clearly it's 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 not a question of oh, you know, they did this and therefore this happened. I mean, you know, you can look at the the. Uh, again, we, we go back to the, the corruption charge. You know, Jada was sent off the other day. The last Spurs Liverpool game, Jada kicked Skip in the head, wasn't sent off, scored the winner, yeah. right? You know, so and that, that was Paul Tierney, probably the most hated of all the anti-Liverpool referees. Um, the other uh, the other day, the same day, this was happening, City against Wolves. Huang, the Wolves uh, forward, had like a ridiculous foul while on a yellow. Clearly, it's a second yellow. It's much worse than the Jota one. It seems like a pretty easy one to give Man City, you know? I mean, if everyone's thinking about the last time they were in the UAE, he should be sent off. He's not sent off. He scores the winner. They lose, like, their, their first game in I don't know how long. So what I mean is I don't see... There's no pattern. I don't I, I don't see any pattern of, of results being influenced in a, in a certain way here. But the impression this creates is incredibly destructive. Like, we're, we're in a time of, like collapsing trust in all forms of authority. You can see it everywhere in the world. You can see it in every everywhere there's some kind of institutional authority. People are like, this is corrupt, this is a cover-up, they're shills, uh, you know. And the, when you've got refs going out to get paid in the Emirates, then coming back to make massive mistakes in a game, I mean, what are people supposed? How are well, people supposed to react? You know, to that? yeah, no, yeah. I think this is, yeah, this does like it's like on 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 Saturday night, Jamie Redknapp, uh, you know, of of all people, was kind of standing there saying, you know, well, if they've got this wrong, it makes you wonder what else they've got wrong. Kind of like the state, like the textbook first step of the kind of radicalized <laughs> yeah. person. You know what I mean? Like Jamie, we've lost Jamie Redknapp. My eyes were my eyes were <laughs> opened by this, and now I'm questioning a lot of things. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. That, and like that is, you know, that is, and it is. So it is just. And again, just that failure to grasp how this, like where this can go because mm. of some sort of basic, uh, basic kind of, you know, fire guards and walls you need to put up to mm. protect them. Literally, uh, we saw like the first second of Jamie Redknapp's tr- uh, conver- uh, conversion. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It's literally like the, the, the exact moment Jamie Ding. Redknapp's eye been red billed, you know. <laughs> but uh, what, why are we even. What, what's even? Why am I even here? I mean, I, I, I don't buy into the conspiracy theories on this. I don't think there's any credence in them whatsoever. But equally, at the same time, it's an image problem for the league when you, you can't have a situation where referees are going off to another league that is essentially owned by the same owners as one of the other clubs in the league. And, and again, and this speaks to why this is a credibility crisis that goes beyond this specific incident or VAR, given we've spoken about state ownership. But, but this, this is this is the mess the game has got itself into with all these kind of interlinked issues. And so the, the, the issue isn't that there's any credibility in any of the, um, of, the, uh, uh, of the conspiracy theories. It's that that creates an image problem for that. That's what someone in football put to me yesterday. It's an image problem for the Premier League. Even if, it, even if as we should probably think, all of this... Is is fair and above board. It just, as you say, it's about needing to have uh, necessary walls in place. Yeah, Miguel, there is obviously, you know, we we can obviously talk around the houses here about this, right? There is a really obvious solution to this, which is just get rid of VAR. Like, why won't that ever happen? I mean, FIFA are just too invested in it. They think they think it's improved the game. Yeah, is, is, this is this is ref. It, 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 is this just, ref saying this, Miguel? Because because the thing about VAR is it is jobs for the boys. Like it does 
you know, double the number of refs who are getting paid a full salary to sit around and make mistakes uh, watching football games. You know, you can't expect referees to say, oh, well, no, you know, this is bad. I mean, they have to be out of a job. But I think, I mean, from what I've heard, FIFA think it's very, say, fair from the, the World Cup. Uh, or they, they think it worked very well, that improved the standard of the World Cup, and everything kind of flows from that. And after that, it's kind of about how individual leagues apply it. Uh, but I just, I mean, it, it, from what from everything that's been said to me about this, it's just a non-starter that they'll get rid of it. Especially given, again, of the infrastructure that's been put in place. And I, I like, I mean, let, let, let's not forget as well, to be fair. I, I mean, there used to be about, what, <laughs> potential for three howlers a weekend, say. that. We, now, it wasn't as bad as Spain but or we've got, like that. We've got, but there was still a lot of discussion about refs. We've got massive howlers this weekend. We had a massive howler yesterday. The one game they had because the Ryder Cup was on and they thought it would be a thing. Um, and <laughs> I mean, it was Brentford against Forrest. And it was like a massive mistake. Wissa just gets kicked over by the ref. By the, not by the ref. Darren England would have got he, 24 he, hours more rest if they hadn't cancelled those games. <laughs> yeah. the but like, uh, and that's, so you're like, well, what's the point? Is What good has it actually done? FIFA are like, oh, it's good for the World Cup. It ruined the 2018 World Cup final. Well, I say ruined, and but it, like it, it introduced uh, a nonsense... Uh, micro handball penalty, which effectively decided the course of that World Cup final. How, how is that good? I see a lot of Tottenham uh, fans. Uh, and I've got it up from 96% accuracy to 98. Yeah, but the 2%, uh, no, but, uh, the no, remaining 2% I, I know, I know. is, is that, that, 20 that, times more radioactive. You've got. The, 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 I think, as you've touched on this before, for me, when you boil it down, the issue of VAR now is just because of what it is, and even if this is not, they say this isn't what they're aiming for, it creates an expectation of perfection, especially given the cost to the flow of the game and how the game feels. Then there's it, it, that expectation goes against the actual implementation, which, as we say, is 98%. But by definition, because of the threshold for VR to get involved, those 2% are going to be hugely high profile, which kind of erodes trust in the whole system then. And after that, then you've got the communication problem. Because this has generally been so purely communicated, that's what breeds... Even even though we've got a uh, you know an ostensibly better system to get closer to accuracy, it actually breeds even more mistrust and suspicion and conspiracy theories because none of this is properly communicated. Because well, hang on, you've got you've got access to all this, so why isn't it being being done properly? Uh, and and that's that, that again feeds into this this credibility crisis. Well, but, but one of the things that's kind of funny, and you saw it mentioned a bit on Saturday before the counter statement, was that this was because. Uh, you know, one of the things they're trying to do, again, because of all the, the commentary is make a quick decision whenever possible. You know, let's make a quick decision because mm. uh, so like, you know, again, multitasking being beyond, you know, the people in Stockley Park. They can't make a quick and correct decision. Yeah. You can have one or the other. Yeah. You have a quick decision, we'll get it wrong. Or we can, you can yeah. take, you know, and again, but again, just this this sense of always sort of second guessing yourself and not really there is there is like clearly an issue of competence like you wouldn't trust these people like these people shouldn't be left alone with a slow motion machine mm, like right. they shouldn't like they're really not capable of it but there are bigger issues as well they can't work the technology the technology is television yeah it's literally like just video <laughs> yeah. well we know that's how to rewind that's what the technology but what but, but yeah again i just keep coming back to it like i don't understand how this is how this innovation is supposed to have improved the game can you can you think of any obvious example of VAR, you know, doing 
you know, results. Honestly, in a great by the benefit. way, we should we should also say that if Irish people are coming to this conclusion, like Thierry Henry's handball does appear to have been like a huge moment in the history of football. Henry Winter himself on Twitter, like in the replies, is like, "I was there that night." They wouldn't even disallow yeah. it now. They yeah. wouldn't even disallow. It'd be like, "Well, he didn't score the goal." Yeah. So I mean, I just it is it is really <laughs> odd, you know, when you see like a, uh, something that matters this much to this many people. The the uh, so the solution is perfectly clear. I mean, it couldn't be easier or more clear. The solution to all it's of the this system—it's the system trying to I, I, trying I, to preserve I, yeah, itself. Yeah, like everyone keeps it's everyone keeps saying, "Oh well, if we could train more people, you know, more virus." Let's have more. Let's have more bureaucracy. Let's you know. Let's have Let's get ex players in. Let's have a guy you know handing them coffee and Panzer chocolate. You yeah. know, to make sure they're alert. <laughs> like this is nonsense. Like yeah, it's, it's just. just I, I, I'm I, a complete right wing libertarian now. We need to. We need less government. We need less of these people. Yeah. We don't need. We don't need government in our sitting room. No, the, we, the, let the referee get them be out of the our sheriff. Rooms. This is decentralised local authority. Arm the referees. <laughs> the, re- <laughs> the referee is the law. It is actually the best way to make decisions. It turns out that you can't decide about these things objectively. They're subjective questions. Did he... But I, I, the problem... I, I, do, I under, like That is would be the least worst solution. But the problem is, once you have technology... And this is the kind of thing with... With, with, with VAR in the first place. It was just like, if you're going to have these decisions being f- mm. freeze-framed and analysed, how can you how can you ignore the, the progression of technology when you're making these decisions on the field? And I think if you went back... That, I would that, say, that, that I, would be that would be that it would be an it would be an issue. But again, maybe people would, would remember what what a, what a, exactly what a like the, the answer is. to that question is like look at football for the last four years yeah. you know like, like this idea that oh well we can't go back now because we've seen the benefits we literally haven't seen any benefits yeah. I, I sense I'm probably the most pro pro or at least amb- ambivalent way. I have to say I do watch old games now and like say when you're, you're doing research or just watching some footage on television and there's some hell or anything I'm almost conditioned now the referee's got to have a look at that yeah. um, and I, I think that I mean the, the principle of that is still a benefit, I think. Do you think um, that when you're when I, you're watching '86 uh, World Cup, you're like, oh, <laughs> you think it could, you know, Peter Schilton, Imagine, imagine what he could have become. But, he could be an MEP now. Can we just keep it between the ditches here? Can we got sent off beforehand? The picaresque, Miguel. Does the picaresque hold no Trump? That's what Thiago Alcantara calls it. The the art of cheating. Basically, mm. <laughs> it used to be a, it used to be an art, but now every time every time someone gets away with it, it's a scandal. One final question on this: you you keep saying FIFA are going to stick with this and all the referees. I I'm, I want to do the Trump face when he's when he you know FIFA, but <laughs> oh we we need to have VAR now. What? But you know, are the Premier League just going to be told what to do? Are they going to be led by the nose by Gianni Infantino and Pierre Luigi Colina? Are they going to let these guys, these they they live in Europe as well, don't these, they? These Europeans, yeah. The Euro, the Euro, so the Euros are going to come and tell the Brits how to run their league, the best league in the not, world. Excuse me, not the Brits, the English specifically. <laughs> the English, you know, the English. England's been overlooked for too long in yeah. this in this so-called Britain yeah. of yours. We are a le- we are a world leader in one area, and that's football. Now well, I say this sitting here in Ireland, which is a land of freedom. Right in in Ireland, we have free football. Right, we have yeah. we have free <laughs> we have free football. We have we have empowered sheriff referees. In Sweden, it's the same. They they 
maybe unlike us, actually have the facilities to do VAR at their grounds, <laughs> but refuse to do it on the basis that they think it's just Sorry, a terrible idea. I, I, just on, on, on a slightly related note, I just think it's amaz- amazing that Sweden are again an example. Yeah. Like we use my loud mouths like you no. in the arguments such as this. It's Sorry, just Sweden, amazing. Sweden are like, we're well, going we, to... We let, let, let it rip. To Sweden. Just let yeah, it yeah. rip. We're going to go our own way on this. Uh, so, so, well, us and, and the Irish... You know, we, we, in breathing the air of freedom, we look at this Infantino uh, Our super state. booming as well, by the way. Booming. What, I meant, what I'm saying, my point here is that this, just because FIFA thinks it's a good idea, it doesn't actually mean that the Premier League has to go along with it. I mean, the Championship doesn't have VAR. Why does, you know, the Premier League could say, look, actually, we don't, you know, obviously I know the referees will be like, no, no, we need VAR because otherwise half of us are going to be made redundant. But, you know, in the, in the Premier League's case, could they not just say, look, um, Unfortunately, we we don't have the people to make this the technology work, and we're just going to go back to the way it was in 2018, 19. But I, I, I think League of Ireland fans would point to every weekend uh, terrible refereeing decisions as an example of why something train the referees, has, Dion. <laughs> Education academy rejects. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's ter- but there, there's there's still terrible decisions every week, and this is the first time we've ever just spent the entire time talking about terrible decisions. Like it's just it's just uh, it's depressing. Like no, it is depressing, Ref- and it's. Uh, I, but I, I think, yeah, it, it, there's no, there's no doubt that it's, 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 it's failed. But I, 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 I kind of take Miguel's point that there, you know, there, there, there are certain reasons why you, you can't, you probably can't go back, even though it just seems, it seems like the obvious solution. I think they'll, they'll try and, they'll probably try and follow um, Henry Winter's uh, six points, six point plan, that kind of stuff. And I do think there are certain things. Like it's boring to talk, but I do think things like the like the audio, l- letting people hear it, like that's just such an obvious yeah. thing that needs to because that, that creates understanding. Yeah. Uh, even if people disagree with decisions, they can at least see. Well, okay, it's been made for this reason. I don't, I don't buy it, or I don't agree with it, but at least you can see where they're coming from. It just that immediately like, kind of it's it's all a fair bit at source. Instead of instead of like these video compilations you see of all the unjust decisions made against Liverpool, you're going to have like audio to those as well. You know, and with referees laughing maliciously as well. You'll hear it because they'll they'll have a giggle at some the point. The Germans not going to enjoy that one. That sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. just going to be. Look, um yeah, it's been great talking uh, VAR with you guys today. Uh, the ref chat. Yeah, it's great to it's always great to talk about VAR for 40 minutes. Uh, so thanks very much, Miguel, for joining us uh, today. And thank you very thank much you. for Dion. Uh, Dion as well for coming in and uh, talking to us about all this stuff today. Thanks, lads. I lost. Yeah. Fuck, so I got the law losing. They shouldn't interview you now. Wait, I've done losing. I'm fucked up. I'm fine shit. If you get me in 10 minutes, I'll be all right. They sh- sh- shouldn't interview you now. I better go to go now. Or first, 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 I have some coaching questions. It's too late now. What's that? Are you interviewing me or not? Seriously. Come on. Is there an explanation for this? Is there an explanation for this? You could be my mama and I'll be your boy. Original road boy, never my coy. We know you as a very good dark player. I'm playing shit. Fuck's sake, I don't know But is there an explanation for that, Dark? No, of course it's not. Of course it's not. How do you prepare for the last match then? These are the questions that you should be asking when we're live. Oh, we're live now. We're not live now. Yeah, we're live. There you are on television. I'm serious. Yeah. What was it on top? Sorry? 
should have been told. Oh, I thought you know. Well, they're all prepared. I'm prepared to say. If I win, I win. But I cannot keep playing like this. This is no good. You know there are people who want video technology to be brought into the GA as well. Can you imagine a sport now that hasn't video technology? Now, and some people in that sport lobbying to introduce it. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine the stupidity of that? Well, the GAA should obviously be free from this nonsense. Oh. I mean, come on. Like, well, first of all, how badly would it be administered by the current uh, well, who, <laughs> who, who, who are you going to get to? Is it just volunteers who will be doing it? Yeah. These these uh, guys, remember the guys who are doing it in the Premier League, need to fly out to to uh, bolster their earnings, Yeah. you know, midweek. Like, well, you know, we're supposed to... Is there not enough work to be done by the volunteers without bringing in a big bureaucracy of like checking video? Yeah. Come on. Like, yeah, it's just it's it's like the idea of any sport that would decide to bring in video technology on the back of basically everything we've seen in sport over the course of the last like 20 years. So crazy. Mm. Because, I mean, uh, watching the US Open, I watched a good bit of the US, the tennis US Open this um, uh, this summer and there, there are no touch judges anymore. So the the Hawkeye just takes care of all of the, yeah. the the line calls. I mean, if it's not, is the ball over the line or not over the line? Technology shouldn't be involved in any sport, basically. Yeah, I, I see no reason why 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 it should it should happen. No, it's, and it just uh, and I mean, like the the you know, say the question of the offsides is that useful? I mean, obviously they still cock it up uh, on occasion. Maybe it is useful. Um, no, no. The, like literally, the geometry has to be so incredibly simple. There is a line yeah. painted on the pitch. Did the ball land either side of that line? Yeah. Everything else, forget about the it. Other, the other stuff is just subjective. So, what's the point? What yeah. what, what really is the is the point of of, um, of because going this over shit does actually drive people crazy. The it idea does. that the Premier League is like part of of uh, as I said at the start, a vast continents wide conspiracy is like. It's it's so bad for people's brains. Yeah. It's genuinely like really, really bad for people's brains to to be thinking like that and talking. Yeah, like that. No, nothing is free of this. And also the, the idea of the pitch itself being in kind of a, a zone of freedom where you can like, you know, yeah, maybe get away with things. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's extend uh, Fish's um, jobs where it's surveillance to every square centimeter of the pitch. Yeah, so we'll kind of you know the the picaresque. Tiago's Tiago's picaresque. We, we'll we'll scrub that, but we'll also just insert mistakes uh, to annoy everyone. <laughs> like, come on, you're having just the worst of both worlds. You are. You, uh, are. you okay. really, really are. Anyway, anyway. there's more. Some other. There's football, football this stuff. week. Uh, maybe maybe the Champions League won't be beset by such problems. Uh, thank you, Ken. Thank you, um, Kieran. Don't forget, you can join the World Service for five euro a month plus VAT, where all the shows will be ad free. Thanks a million to you all for listening, and please be advised. The Second Happens podcast is part of the ACAST Creator Network. Which one is that? That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home, they never go home, they never go home, those, those, those boys. The second captain's world service. It is not war and death and famine, it's not that at all. It's the opposite of that, it's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sports important. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.